So I want to start today, with, it's now a therapy made tshuva, but the, the next time we're going to meet is Parsha Noach, which uh, it's, it's hard to imagine. And I always regret the fact, I always regret the fact that we miss Bereshit. You know what I'm saying? Because it's so rich and so powerful and so important. And it's like the foundation of creation of human beings. Of human, what, she's, she's good. If you, get, you want to take her? Yeah, let me take her. Okay. It's like the foundation of, of humanity. Plus, I want, I want to, and I think I was, we'll see today, there's very relevant, um, I wouldn't say information, very relevant uh, uh, messages, I think, for us in Aseret Yemei from Bereshit. So I didn't say to bring a Bereshit. There's a, there, if you want to follow the Chumashim over, over there, you can actually take this one. I don't need it if somebody wants to. Yeah, go ahead. There's green, there's like a, I don't know, there's a bunch over there. Because uh, uh, I want to start by way of a story. All of the the story is true, but I will change. I'm changing the information to protect the identity of the perpetrators. We'll pull it, put it today. So, um, um, and, and women don't usually go to slichot. Okay, so slichot is a. How should we say this? It's a um, kind of like a race in a sense. Like you get to slichot, and basically you're you have a certain amount of time to say a certain amount of slichot, and you basically say them very quickly, and and you try to get as much as you can out of them as possible in the allotted amount of time. And what ends up happening is, it's just, you know, slichot and then el melech, and slichot and el melech. And the language, if you've ever read through the PU team, if anybody's, it's very hard, very esoteric. So you just kind of feel like you're, you're saying it. So there's always this tension between the recitation of the slichot and, and like, can we slow it down a little bit and whatever. So I was once, way back when, We'll say NYU, we'll put it that way, in a, in a minyan. And uh, let's say, for example, like now, a Sarajimei you have like 30 minutes. The guy says, okay, davening is starting at 7.30, we start slichot at 7. 30 minutes is not enough time to say all the slichot for a Sarajimei Tshuva. Right? So what happens is, you have two options. Either the chazan can fly, right, and say everything but have no idea what you're saying, and really say it with less kavana, or he can slow down and skip. <coughs> Everybody understand the two options? Good. So just so happened in this particular minion, the Chazan of that day decided to slow, go a little slower and skip. But of course, there was another person there who felt that it was inappropriate to skip. He wanted him not to skip. So in this particular instance, what happened was the Chazan, very nice guy, like he was going a little slower, you know, his Hebrew wasn't so great, and he was about to skip. He, he skipped from one slichat to the next. Someone else came up to the front of the room and said, no, no, we're not going to skip. We're going to say this piece, you know, piece of moment. We're going to say this you know, parrot. So and the, the crowd wanted him to skip because I personally, you know, most people have no problem. Like, you don't have to say every single one. Like, you know, so it's fine. You say whatever you say. So what happened was, the, this guy decided, no, he, we're not going to skip. So he walks up next to the chazan, takes the shtender, and puts it in front of himself instead of the chazan. So that now he's the chazan. So we said to the chazan, go ahead. You know, I was like, keep going. Like, you know, what are you going to do? Just skip on to the next thing. Keep going. This person took the chazan's slicha, closed it, and kept it while he said his pizmon so that we wouldn't skip. No way. Way. <laughs> Doesn't that kind of defeat the purpose? And I thought to myself... So you, dabble, do we have to dabble extra hard the next time? The whole, like, the whole group, like, and you're talking about a lot of people. Yes, we're exactly like that. We're exactly, we're like, 
Like, you know, I can't believe I, I just saw what happened. And throughout the whole time, I, I had this feeling that I'm, I could see Yael thinking because I could tell his face. <laughs> You're saying slichot to God. Right? The point, what's the point of saying slichot? It's, uh, forgive me for the things that I've done. And in the process of your religious transformation, right, you have succeeded... What? You're a bit of this. You have succeeded in, and, and, and there's no other way to say this, violently, you know, you know, pushing somebody else out of the way. And I thought to myself, like, this is such a not-religious experience, and I even, I left Slichot that day, before the end of the Slichot, to go, to go daven somewhere else. Didn't I was anybody so stand up and say, go away? So afterwards, somebody said to me, like, he was very upset that nobody said anything. But whatever happened was, what happened was, if you know slichah, the whole purpose of a slichah, of the, of the in-between, of like the long prakim, is to get to the kelmelech. You'll notice this as you get to ne'ilah. Remember, everybody remember ne'ilah? Like there's slichot and ne'ilah. The slichot and ne'ilah are the... What? It's been a while. Well, you're near, it, it's going to be soon. The slichot is a good thing for you to know. The slichot and ne'ilah, the, the purpose of slichot is to say to you, give one midot arachamim. I want to say Rav Meidan, who's now the Rosh Hashivah and Haritzion say this. The purpose is to get to give one midot arachamim. The whole point of, of slichot and much of Yom Kippur is about getting to give one midot arachamim. Please forgive us, and we say, please forgive us, pretty much because you promised that you would. You know, when all else fails, you said you would, and you have to. Sorry, what can you do? You know, Hashem, Hashem, that's what you're going to be I. Right? So, all that stuff in between is just fodder, words, nice things to say to get to the next. And you'll notice this on the Ilah, where the things in between get smaller and smaller and smaller until basically you're just saying Hashem Hashem Kerachum Mechanun over and over again. And you should notice this at the Ilah. That's really the purpose. Wait, does that mean that if you can't say it fast enough, you should just get to Kerachum Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. This is a good thing to know for Slichon in general. It's the most important to get to the Gemavirot Arachamim. So you don't have to say all the, you know, like. And it's interesting to note, even one of the, you'll notice in the Ilah, one of the middle paragraphs is. Hashem, Hashem, Like, if you get to the point where... So anyway, so what happened at that, on that day was, he said his little pismon, and nobody would say, Hashem, Hashem, like, we just went on to the next thing without him. But we were, some people were very upset that day that nobody stood up and said anything. But the question is like this, do you fight? Do you, like, start a fight in the middle of davening? Is it worth it? Is it, like, whatever? I was in a shul once when the, the Hazan was doing Megillah test on Purim, and everyone was really excited, but everyone was talking too loudly. You know you have to hear the whole thing. Yeah. And everyone was just talking the whole time. During the Gila and Esther? The kids were wild, whatever. So he kept stopping to shush everyone. And then he would carry on for a bit. And then like talking would be a little bit hushed. And then it would be a little bit kind of... <laughs> Sounds like Torah reading in my show that I know. He stopped four times. Yeah. And then he stormed out of the show. And then he was like, I'm not... In the middle of the Gila and Esther. Yeah, he was like, I'm not reading this. this is a, and he stormed out. It was like a whole back then. The old woman in the front was saying, you have to read it, whatever. So the <laughs> When you're in that situation, I think the only thing you can do is just work on yourself to try and be less judgmental of people who are... But I didn't think it was worth fighting about at the time, but I'm, I'm still, even now, when I think about it, I'm still upset about it. But the reason I bring up this story, which I think is a relevant story, is because it's an illustrative story of, of how we, and I say we because it really is we, sometimes put our own religiosity at the expense of others. In a sense, we put mitzvah ben adam lemakom way above mitzvah ben adam lechavero. We're so concerned about our own slichot that we forget, 
No, no, I hope it's nothing bad. Okay. No, 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 I just got to work. Oh, we're so concerned about our, about our own slichot and our own relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we forget that in my shuckling, in my davening, I basically just slammed the guy next to me. Uh, how should we say? Figuratively. And uh, I, I want to emphasize now, this is not going to be a shiur about Haredi bashing. Okay? Because it's very easy to do. The question we have, the thing we have to do here is look at ourselves and put ourselves in the mirror and, uh, and focus on ways that we do these things and, uh, and, and think about ways to improve. And the way I want to get at this is I want to look at the Pirush of the Nitziv and Hamik Davar on the story of Cain and Hevel. Okay? Because the story of Cain and Hevel is, is a story of fighting and according to Chazal, fighting about something significant and then the Nitziv is like very powerful. Really, really powerful. So we'll read some of the parsha, and then we'll see some of the midrashim, and then we'll see some of the of the words of the Hamik Davar of the Nitziv. So it's not only where we get some reshit also in, and hopefully a little bit, a little, a little thought for tshuva for us to make tshuva. Reshit, Perak Dalit, chapter four. And as always, we'll hopefully focus a little bit on the on the text as well. Says the Torah, Reshit, Perak Dalit, Pasuk Aleph. Okay. Adam knew in the biblical sense Chava his wife. And she said she got she became pregnant. She gave birth to Cain, but Tomer and she said, Kaniti Ish et Hashem. I have acquired a man of God. Okay, meaning this is a this is the first birth. Right? It is, it is the first human procreation, so she probably was a little surprised. Okay? <laughs> what? To say the least. Vatosev <laughs> she also continued to give birth, at Achid et Hevel. Okay? His brother, Hevel, Vayihi Hevel Ru'et Zon, Vakayin Haya Ru'et Adama. Okay, there's like, it's a little skipping, you know what I'm saying? Well, let's get to the cut to the chase. Hevel was a shepherd, and Kayin was a working, a person who worked the land. Okay, what's wrong with this pasuk? Just so you notice right away. What's that? I'm trying to switch them around. You, you're now becoming Israeli like your children? Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's, it's out of order. Everybody see that? Kayan was born first. So, but notice it says, Hevel's profession is listed first. And also you should notice, the Kayin Haya. What, what else should have said? It should say, or Now, so what does it mean, Vekayin Haya? When it says, when it uses that language in the biblical text, usually what it means is, and Kayin already was previously, mm-hmm. right? previously to, to have a becoming a Roetzal. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go on because you can. There's, there's a lot there. And so just notice that first of all, it, the point of the story is to get to their jobs. Vayhi miketz yamim. It was, and you know, in the, in the course of days. Vayave kain mipriha adama mincha lahashem. Kain brought an offering from the ground, from the fruits of the ground, an offering to God. Very nice. Pasuk dalim. Vehevel hevi gamhu mibechorot sono umichel behen. Hevel brought from the first of his sheep and from the chilev. What's chilev? Choice fat. Right, just so you know, when you offer your carbono of Be'ezrat Hashem in the Beit HaMikdash, right, the, obviously nobody the throws away... Shots. What? The base No, nobody throws away fat. That's the best part of the animal. God only knows. What would, you know, you'd eat that. 
Right. But the choice fat near the 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 chelev ala klayot, the yeteret ala kavin, near the the choice fat near the liver and the fat of the kidneys, that goes to the ribbona shalom. The rest of the fat goes to salami, of course. You know, but uh, right, you don't you don't want to waste that. Eh? Okay. What? Chelev is trafe. Why is it trafe? Correct. Because it goes, it's, it's kadosh. Even today, it's kadosh. It's not trafe. We can't eat it. It's more than us. It's not less than us. Okay. Vayisha Hashem el hevel veel minchato. And God vayisha. Anybody want to take a stab at that? Responded to, accepted. I don't know what the what the technical biblical word in English would be. To hevel and his minchato and his offering. But to Kain and his offering, he did not accept. What does that accept? Um, respond. Respond. Um, I don't know what the word is. Okay. Kain became very angry, and his face fell. What's, what does it mean? His face fell. Fell to the ground. His face fell. Like what do you mean his face fell? Expression dropped. He, so he was angry and sad. What? Humiliated. 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 Sad. Upset. Okay, so it's interesting that it's both. You both can you can anybody imagine being both angry and humiliated at the same time? Is what? Is Vayichar angry or is it great? No, not Vayichar. No, Vayichar is anger. You think of charata. Yeah. Okay? Charon Afashem is the you know anger of God. Okay, so God, so he was very angry and he was upset. What is it? If you notice in the Pesukim, look back on Dalid and Dalid and Gimel and Dalid. What's the difference between Cain's offering and Hevel's offering? Um, yeah, Chazal will immediately pick up. Some of a group of fruits. Good. Hevel gave the choice to be. Okay, so from what using your legal selector. using your legal deduction. So what did you learn about Cain's offering? It's cheaper. He was right. <laughs> What's that? Grade C. Well, right. Uh, I mean, it's fair to deduce. Kyan gave. Well, he was just paying lip service. He wasn't. He didn't have the same covenant. He went in with the full intention of giving. The we don't know that. You don't know that. You just know something technical. You know that Hebel gave the best. So look at Rashi on Gimel. Mi priha adama. Min ha-garua. Um, see Rashi and Gimel? What does that say? From the worst. Why, why would Rashi say that? To carry kind. Well, what points? What, what, what? What's wrong with giving fruits? Right, what's wrong? Because he's giving fruits. Why would Rashi say that? The answer is that Rashi is using the context. Right? The Midrash is using the context. If, if, gave the, if Hebel gave the best, then Cain gave the worst. Okay. But that's not in the, in the Pshat. Cain gave. Hebel gave from the best. Who gave first? Kain. What did Hevel do? They never like to feel that like way. One up to Ooh, yeah, it sounds exactly right. Kain, I have this great idea for a mitzvah. I'm gonna start a I don't know. I'm gonna start a gemach for pacifiers. Right? Great. And your friend said, "Oh, I took your idea, and I decided I'm opening a whole baby store in my house." <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm sorry, you're jerking. <laughs> Like, there's no, like we always talk about Avram is to recognize Hashem, but it seems like there's no one around and have this idea of, you know, giving a presence to something bigger and greater. Correct. But I feel like 
Yeah, but it's like the first the first of the month satisfied with Kain and with his offering. Well, it didn't say that. Okay, it, 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 it's hard to translate Vaisha the word. God was pleased by, or you know what I'm saying. I can't think of the English word. But God was. The other way it says the Al Kain. The First, you're not pleased with him. Right. And his offering. Ooh, I didn't even notice that. Okay. Okay. You know, I, yeah, I think it's so interesting that we, we normally paint Cain and Hevel as bad guy and good guy, which makes sense actually because one does kill his brother. You know, murder is not such a good thing. But, but before the murder, right, instead of painting Cain and Hevel as bad guy and good guy, I, I want to sort of paint him as, as good guy and other good guy. You know what I'm saying? Before the murder, the murder is bad. We can all agree the murder is evil. Right? But that's interpersonal. But in the relationship with that Kadosh Baruch Hu, right, let's not demonize Kayan. Well, that's what I'm saying. Because yeah. I'll do. <clears throat> Why? Because that's what the Midrash does. Because in the end, Kayan does kill his brother. I know, but I, we haven't finished reading the story yet. Right. So, you know, from what we know so far, that's why I, I think that Kayan, okay, whatever issues he had with what actually he presented, I think he should be getting some credit for... This is the first... This is the first offering to Hashem. Correct. And who initiates it? Right. Correct. And who copies him? Correct. So I totally agree with you. But, but if, if this was a movie, you could say that they've set you up to not like Kain. Like they've, they've set up, well, not to not, not like him, but to be suspicious in the sense that he's not, he's born first, but his profession is, is given after. And then in line of what Laurie says, that... He's, Hashem's not pleased with him even before he's murdered anyone yeah. we're sort of set up a little bit to, you know like when the lighting is a bit darker yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> kind of like that like there's no reason why we just now have a feeling that Hashem or someone or the story are you tainted by the end of the story? no I'm, no but just based on what we've read Pshat mm-hmm. like he's not mentioned first even though he's older Hashem's not happy with him or he's offering for no specific reason like we're not told why how, I think very often we sometimes feel this way, that we, we try something. What does it mean that God... The, the, I'm trying to find a word for it. Lo havat ra'ava. God didn't have like ra'ava, pleasure. God right. didn't have pleasure from it. Right, didn't respond to it. The fact that God doesn't respond, does that mean that God isn't pleased with you? When you, when you give an offering to Hashem, there's a lot of different reasons why your offering might not be accepted. Like, what's the first reason? It's not the time. Right. Like very often you're, you know, you, 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 you're praying for something, usually sense tefillah in the sense of asking for something, wanting something, reaching out to God for something. And you pray for something and it doesn't happen. Right? So you feel like your prayer is not accepted. Where in reality, right, it could very well be that your prayer is not accepted because HaKadot Baruch who knows very well that it's not right for you. Or, I could say something else. God didn't want that. He, it, wasn't, it wasn't good enough for Hashem because He knew that kind could be even greater. But Hevel disappears anyway. What do you mean? Well, His name means like nothingness or air. Uh, continuation. Okay, you're asking another question. You're asking... So it doesn't matter that Hashem eventually the generation... Well, first of all, it's interesting. Kain, we know his name. Where does Kain get his name from? Right, who gave him his name? His mother. 
Who gave half of his name? Right. Can you imagine? Oh, Mazel Tov! V'yikareshimov'yisrael Hevel? You know what I'm saying? So, what does that tell you? What does that tell you about Hevel's name? Right, correct. Wasn't his real name? Okay. I mean, I don't think any mother would intentionally name her child Hevel, unless she really, unless they were twins, and she thought, "What do you think, Rina?" No, Ben Oni, but that because she named her him in relationship with with her with her husband. They all named their kids in relationship with their husbands. Not a good idea, generally. Don't you know do that? Okay, right. In South Africa, all the babies are named Lishan, 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 Nothing. Right. Loser. No fun. But it doesn't, yeah. So what does that mean? That means that his, there's something, that is a judgment call, yeah. Maybe also, two points. One is I was saying that we're giving credit to Kain for making the first offering, but I think you actually should be giving credit maybe to Chava for being the first one to sort of recognize Hashem. Oh, I need to eat Hashem. But the other thing I was going to say is that, oh, maybe Hashem didn't want Korban. Like maybe you know, let's say like I'll, you know, I'll to see if and I'll you know, like there was no commandment to give an offering, so maybe maybe to come and just start presenting things is what the chef would bother the chef. Well, El Kevel God did want, God did accept his. Well, maybe now there's already a precedence for giving things because Kain already did, and it's a different story. But sometimes when you're the first person to start something. Ooh, hard to say. The offering to God. I don't know. God. I don't know. All I'm saying hard is. Hard to say. Keeping Shabbos for four days. You know, like it's not. First of all, it was only three. Sorry? It was only three. Keeping Shabbos for four days? I thought you meant the three days. No, I'm saying, I'm saying, like, <laughs> no, I'm going to, oh. I'm saying, I think, what's wrong with going to fill in all week long? But why women? Yeah, I mean, the same, it's like, well, it's honestly, like, like yes, you're giving something to Hashem, but Hashem didn't necessarily ask. I've never seen anybody suggest that God didn't want the mincha. I'm I never, saw, I never thought of that before. Maybe that's the problem. But okay. But the, the, the name suggests that Hevel's just secondary to the Cain character. Yeah, to, uh, to Cain. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, I just want up one second. I just want to. I had a train of thought. Ah, so my my point though was, I just want that the fact that Hashem didn't uh, didn't right away immediately accept Havel's offering, Kain's offering, it doesn't mean make Kain a bad guy, and it doesn't make us bad people either. The, the things that we ask for, the prayers that we pray for, the fact that they're not what we would consider accepted, could be for any number of reasons. It could be propelled to something greater. You know, and it could very well be if we read the, the, the following. Let's go out and pass Yom Hashem el Kain. Lama charalach, v'lama lefipanecha. Yeah, I did not accept your. I'm adding here. I did not accept your your offering. But why, what, let's talk now about your response to that fact. You got angry, and you got upset. Which is like It's something. It's something. Why are you angry, and why are you upset? Okay. Okay. Why are you angry and why are you upset? Hello im teitiv se'et. If im teitiv, if you improve se'et, you will be lifted up. V'im lo teitiv. 
And if you do not improve, if you do not make it better, lepetach chatat rovets. You stand at the precipice of sin. So interesting. Your offering was not accepted. Take it. So you have the two choices. You can improve, or you will sin. Does he tell him how to improve? What's that? Does he doesn't tell him how to improve. <laughs> right. This is the challenge of understanding the story of Cain and Abel. What in the world is God? What what's going on? Telling your child be a good boy. Yeah. Right. I mean, obviously. Well, I think I believe that these these messages are left vague for us. In order for us, you know what I'm saying? If, if I knew exactly what Kai and Heb were fighting about, if they were fighting about a cell phone, then we would know that Hashem wants us all to have cell phones. Meaning, but I, it's left intentionally vague for us to interpret and apply. For us so to understand. We have fights within our own selves. We're taking another person. Should I eat this? Should I not eat this? Should I, should I go to shul? Should I not go to shul? Mm. So it might just be, pick the right internal choice. That's mm-hmm. how you're going to grow. Well, or you will sin. Okay. I'm not going to go to school. Well, I'm not going to stay home. What I think is so interesting. Well, let's ask ourselves this question. Yeah. Why was Cain angry and upset? Why was he angry and upset? Was yeah, you have you have there's a triangle here. Was it Cain and God? Was Cain angry at God and upset at God? Or was Cain angry and upset at God? Not that God didn't accept his offering, but that he did accept my brother's offering. Which is where I want... Uh, or did he take his anger out of God and misplace it to his brother? Now we're getting Freudian. You, you know what I'm saying? No, like if, if, is that transference if or... Transference, at least I know the term. Right, what? If Hebel would not have brought an offering and Khan would just have done it on his own and not been accepted, would he have been angry? Right, would he be an angry and upset? Well, he might have still been angry, maybe not humiliated. Ah, right. So interesting. Okay. The God continues. Ve'elecha teshukato and to you teshuka. What's a teshuka? Is his yearning. Ve'atatim shalbo and you shall rule over him. So that's the obvious question here. I'll read it again. We're in the middle of Pasuk Zion. Ve'im shalbach. Okay. Ve'elecha teshukato Elecha, to you is his desire, is his yearning, and you shall rule over him. Uh, what's the obvious problem? What's the obvious problem? Well, let's read it again. I, I, I could give you the answer, but I want to just focus on the question. Pasuk Zayin, again, this fell inside. Hello, imtetiv se'et, if you improve, great. Vim lo. See where I am, Pasuk Zion? And if not, lepetach chatat rovets. You stand at the precipice of sin. Now we're going to focus. Ve'elecha teshukato. And to you is his yearning. Ve'atat imshalbo. And you shall rule over him. What do I want to know about? To you is his yearning. What? What does that mean? What does that mean? More specific question. More specific question. Yearning for what? Right. Ve'elecha teshukato. Even more specific. Even more basic question. Who's Teshuka? Who is yearning for you? You assume that. Is it not here for you yearning for his desire to do right? Ah, look at Rashi. Very good. See how you you both read the same Pasuk and understood totally different things. Look at Rashi. Be'elecha Teshuka. I'm in the middle of Rashi on Zion. Shel Chet. V'hu Yetzer Hara. 
Right? Your Yetzer Hara wants to get you. He's gunning for you. You need to rule over the Yetzer. Right? We really should read this before Yom Kippur. It's like unbelievable. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he is gunning for you every second of the day. He never takes a break, ever. But, Im Rashi continues, Im Titkaber Alav. You can beat him. It's a powerful word. That's him. That's him. Right? You can beat him. Right? He, he's, he's always, always seeking you out, but you can beat him. So don't be upset. So in, in a sense, Rashi understands that kind sinned in some way, meaning he had this yearning for to do for to do a mitzvah. But what does his Yetzirah say? <laughs> right, exactly right. Yeah, you're going to get tzedakah? That check is a little too big. You know, the, the groceries are coming, and even though it's meiser, meiser is meiser is, is like is the ideal, but you don't have to be a tzaddik. So. You know, we Rational all know nation. what? Rational. Oh, it's great. You know, so who hasn't done this? Dame Edna Everidge was on the Jonathan Ross show, and she said she's cutting down he, she, whatever she is, his, um, cutting down because <laughs> it's, no, it's a bad year financially for everyone, so yeah. she's starting to cut down by not giving to any charity. That's what she said? <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> Right, but that we do that. I, I don't. I don't about you. I don't say every week. I we do that. I do that. I had in mind like an organization, a certain check I was going to give, and all of a sudden I found myself thinking, you know, three sixty is a lot of money. A lot of money. One eighty would be enough. You know what I'm saying? So that's exactly what he says he did. Exactly what he says he did. Oh, kind. He wanted to give a mincha. Beautiful, beautiful. What is God going to do with the uh, with the wheat? Does he really? Is he going to eat it? Does he really care? So in the end, you know, Rashi says he gave. Rashi says, and you read the rest of the Rashi. Rashi says, Zera Pishtan Hayah. He gave God flax. You know, <laughs> you know, it's like whatever. It's the Seder, right? And so, and God said, thank you, but if if you're really going to do it, I want you to do it properly, right? And understand that this inclination to cut, not to to cut corners is a natural inclination that's never ending. Never ending. So like and you can overcome it. So this could be like a discussion between intention and action because we don't know what Hevel's intention was. But kind of mean, kind. Uh, No, Hevel's intention, we don't know what it was, but his action was ah, that he gave, he gave the best. The best. Correct. The kinds, like what, what you were saying, like the, that his intention was to give to Hashem, but his action ended up being that it was just like Kacha, kacha, kacha. So right. then Hashem saying to him, what you're watch, watch you thinking and yes. what you're rationalizing because right. that's going to be your do. end. It should, so it's, a, it's an interesting... I would like to suggest, I think this is, by the way, great uh, Shabbat table fodder because this is something every child can understand. To raise the story and ask, like, just point out the, the difference between Kain and Hevel and what his mincha was and what it says about the mincha of Kain and then just ask your children... What do you think Kain did wrong? Did Kain do anything wrong? You, you know what I'm saying? It, it really does resonate. It resonates with all of us. It's, such a, it's a great discussion. I always like Shabbos discussions. I'm not such a big fan of somebody saying a Dvar Torah that some Rav said. You know what I'm saying? I like discussions where, where there's a give and take. I think it's a great fodder for discussion about, like, you know, how could a Kain have improved? You know, why did Hashem criticize him, etc.? It's just even Rashi, this idea of, like, of, of 
doing something halfway or doing it fully. So it's such a powerful idea. But that's Rashi's interpretation. How did you interpret it? That's not how you interpreted it, correct? Who? Right. So it's fascinating how the story is so open to such varied interpretation. Okay, what does it say? One second. I'm sorry, turn the page too far. Right. If you don't get better, your brother yearns for you, to you, and you shall rule over him. What, what's going on? If that's the truth, then what, what is God saying to, to Cain? Your brother wants to be like you. Yeah. You're the most powerful. He's giving him the... Right. Okay. And, therefore... Don't your, your baby brother gave the, the better offering. Be a good example. Great. Right. Don't be angry and upset at him. But instead, learn from it and, and improve and do better. And be an example. Be a model for him. This is a very, very... Such a, a, a fascinating interplay of mitzvot ben adam lemakom and ben adam lechaviro. They're mutually explicit. They go together. Yeah, true. They go together. Yeah, I'm sorry. It also puts the fantasy in a whole different light. I've had some shalva, maybe was a misunderstanding on Kaya's part uh, of what their relationship was supposed to be. We'll get to it. We're going to get to that. Okay. So it's it's a. I think this interplay of I think this is I, this is what my the Rashi was a great message, but it wasn't my 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 focus for the shiur. I'm interested in this interplay of Ben Adam Lamakom and Ben Adam Lachavira. I think too often we use Yom Kippur as a. There's like a show going on here. I think. We, yeah, I know. My daughter is the most conversational four month old I've ever seen. It's unbelievable. She'll schmooze with anything. Okay? Yeah, great. Okay? So, um, no talking this year. Okay. That's it, I'm leaving. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think very often we focus in on Yom Kippur. We see it as an Ashamnu Vaganu, me and God, right? And we, th- we think about Kashrut and Shabbat and all those things. We don't focus enough on Mitzvot Ben Adam and We don't see it as because we don't think of ourselves as as or right or as people that hurt other people. We don't think about the ways that we, we do it. We affect other people negatively in the things that we do. You know, and if you think about it, it's much easier to identify the ways in which I can improve my Ben Adam Makom than it is to improve the way, think about the ways we improve Ben Adam Until we start thinking about Chavero as not my neighbor or the person I see in the street, but as my mother or my sister or my spouse. And it's like, whoa, I can think of a few. You, you know what I'm saying? But the real interpersonal relationships that we have. And Kayin and Hevel are brothers. And still they, they interplay of my religious, my religiosity, and my fraternal relationship, or my familial relationship. They're interconnected. Imtetiv se'et. If you improve, right, you can go high to high things. But if not, the petachatat ravets. So is God talking about his relationship with his brother, or his relationship with God? Or perhaps, is that the same thing? And I think that's a hard question we have to ask ourselves. Okay, so what happens, of course, we all, now we get to the end of the story, the tragic end. Well, it's not the end, even. And Cain said to Hebel his brother, 
Vayehi biyotam basadeh. And it was, they were in the field. Vayakam Kain el hevel achiv, vayehargehu. Kain rose up to hevel his brother and he killed him. There is at least two major problems with this pasuk. What did he say? Right. The first one is, what in the world did he say? Right. Vayakam Kain el hevel achiv. What's that? Maybe it doesn't matter what he said. Okay. He said maybe it's not the words of the action. Yeah, good. Okay, very good. Beautiful. I agree. I have no idea what he said. It okay. says what he said. What? kind You're my brother. My brother. Uh, good drush. It's good drush. Uh, you know, <laughs> something you could say during your drush on Shabbos. But, you know, in, in the text, in the context, what you'd say is, Vayomer kind of have a Hey, how was lunch today? Well, so there you know it's his brother. Mm-hmm. So right, so what is the Midrash going to say? Very good. So you be the Baal Midrash, what would you say about that? Without trying to cheat and look at Rashi? What's that? What did he talk about? What did he talk about? Based on what you're saying, what would he talk about? Brotherly, brotherly stuff, exactly right. Why would he talk brotherly stuff? No, because what's he planning on doing? Ah, so how do you? He don't know he's that. Oh, come on, come on, right? In the context of the pasuk, we know the end. If you're being a Baal midrash, this is what you're going to do. You're going to say well, you don't know what he said, but el hevel achiv. The word achiv is extra. So he spoke to them about divrei achva. I haven't, I haven't seen Rashi yet, but I'm imagining the midrash. There's a midrash that says something like that. I hear it. One second. Why did they go to the field? What? Is this straight away afterwards? Yeah, well, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I have no idea. Because he could be saying, like, why did And it was, when they were in the field. What were they doing in the field? Okay. Who is supposed to be in the field? Hevel. Hevel. Where do sheep graze? They're not graze in the field. No. They graze in the mountains. Correct. You know? Yeah, you get the dirt. Yeah. Assuming it's straight afterwards. Now that's not sure. true. It's sheep grazing fields. Yeah. Does and it make a difference if it's like 10 minutes afterwards or two weeks afterwards? Is that a clear... Yeah, because one... <laughs> no, because yeah. one would be totally premeditated and one would be... I don't know, you're the lawyer. Malice of forethought. Malice of forethought. Which is worse, premeditated? Malice of forethought is not premeditated? Wait, yeah, clarify what that Which means? is worse, immediate yeah, anger? I think yours is, is yours is immediate is, is less bad because it's yeah, passion the moment. It's the same thing. Okay. But, uh, but, but in one is immediate. If you do something that's immediate, then you haven't had malice. Right. You haven't thought about it. In America, we get out of it. We tend to call it temporary insanity. Right. Rage. Passion. Yeah. An act of passion. Too much law and order. Yeah. You. I mean, I wanted to say something. But one of the things that Midrash says that they're arguing about is. Who gets to be where? Like who owns the Hold country? on, hold so I'm saying, on. Like, with the sadeh, that What's the sadeh? Here, who belongs in the sadeh? Is it kind or is it not? Well, I was going to say practically. Like, that was part of their. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Like, no, I was saying practically. Hevel would be wandering around with the sheep, finding the best places to graze. Good, so what are both so of them doing in the sadeh? And then it says the last problem. Vayakam Kayin El Hevel Achi Vayahargeu. The textual problem. Vayakam Kayin, what should it say? Vayakam Kayin. Al Hevel Achi, over his brother, right? He, he rose up over his brother. Yeah, the Achib comes up many times, and it, you know, 
So we already know. There's a brotherly right? act, killing right? each other. That's no, great. No, it's an el-halachi. It's a second superfluous achi. Look in the next line. Hashem says to Cain, Ahab al-achicha. You know, Again, it's like very. Uh, yeah, if you just start underlining achivs, the next pasuk has an achicha, and the pasuk after that has the word achicha. Well, it's almost like a milamancha. Right, very good, milamancha. Yeah. Maybe they get hevel as a sacrifice. What's that? Maybe you get hevel as a sacrifice. Choices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Okay, so what are they fighting about? Well, we know. <laughs> All of a sudden, he goes and kills his brother in the field. It doesn't make any sense. Well, we don't know what his well, you don't know why he killed him. You know, oh, yeah, what does Hevel say to you? Before that it said, if you master your Yetzahara, you will dominate everything. Yeah. So his brother might have turned on and goes, ha, ha, ha. My sacrifice was accepted. What was yours? And he wasn't able to master. Well, he was able. He didn't choose to. Hashem said okay, specifically. Right. So he, Hashem he said specifically, sin. you can do this. Or you will By the way, I have to say, a very, very important message. Critical message. Mm-hmm. You can do this. We can do this. He chose not to, therefore he sent. He did, he did exactly what was predicted two sentences earlier. Yeah, yeah. What do they fight about? So I'll read you a couple of Midrashim. Because obviously, it's so open to interpretation. That's why rabbis love Kayan and Hevel. Because if the Shul is fighting about the Kiddush, then Kayan and Hevel is fighting about the herring. You know what I'm saying? If there's a debate between, you know... Uh, you know, religious sects and kind of have a represent orthodoxy and reform Judaism. You know what I'm saying? It's like anything. You can basically do anything you want. Which makes it fascinating when you look at different parshanim and see how they interpret kind of have Because then, you know, you almost get to read, you get to read parshanim historically. You know, I'd be, shy, I'd be fascinated, I didn't look, to go home and see what Rav Hirsch says about kind of have You know what I'm saying? You know, what's also very fascinating is that I, you, you, we don't really have a good perush on the Torah from today. Like the last real papers in the Torah is really the Nitziv. This is Hamik uh, Davar and Nitziv. Right? Torah to me, it doesn't really go into these things and Rav Hirsch. So it's a hundred years already. And some and people aren't writing Pirushim on the Torah in that same way. What? It's fascinating. Someone should write one. Because it's not accepted. You know, if somebody comes up with Pirushim like that, it's not accepted. Like, it's like where you make a Kiddush. People want Pirushim on what Parshanim are saying. Yeah, you know, I'm, sure. I'm quite certain this book was considered extremely liberal in its time, as was Rep. Hirsch. Mm-hmm. Right? The, okay. the beauty of the years is that time goes along. Somebody, you know, like, you know, it, it, I'm, I'm quite certain. It's almost like you see like Kahati today. Kahati is in every base medrash in the world. You know, everybody know who Kahati was? Pinchas Kahati? He was a banker in, for Bank Mizrahi for 30 years and he just wrote Perish HaMishnayot he had this like weekly shear that he gave and he was beautiful he's a great explainer and he wrote these like Dach on Parsha and now every Mishnah that's almost pretty much every Mishnah that's ever learned you know ever anywhere right is explained by Pinchas Kahati so you never know what you can do okay can I but I digress can I ask a question it's just bothering me I'm going straight to what Shira said why does another Shem say thank you for the offering and then criticize him he just totally like Okay. Launches in. I don't know. I don't necessarily agree with the premise of the question. You know what I'm saying? Because Hashem, God relates to each person individually the way the scorpion. Kind doesn't need a pat on the back. He's not. Maybe he got a pat on the back. It wasn't relevant to the story, per se. It's hard for us to know the whole conversation, but in this context, God did not accept his, pray, his, his offering. He didn't accept it. We don't know why, we don't know how. But he knew that the offering was not accepted. 
So that uh, leads to the next question of why. And so I, I need to read the, read the Midrashim. Yeah. Is it clear, though, that when Hashem said to Kayin, right, and assuming that we're not partaking the approach that he's talking about his brother as opposed to his, his uh, Yitzhar Haram, okay. that he understood what it means to be like Shobo. Because, because he did kill him. So that is, that is a matter of... This is why I have to get to the Midrash and I have to get okay, to the Tzim. Um, I have to get to the Midrash, okay? <laughs> That's right, because it's vague. What does it mean? Okay, so the, the Midrash says the following. What were they fighting about? The Midrash says they were fighting about pretty much anything, but, okay, what were they fighting about? They said... Let's split up the world. Okay? Rabbi Yeshua Disaknin V'shem Rabbi Levi Amar Shnehem Nadu Atikarkaot V'shnehem Nadu Atamataltalin each one, they split it right down the middle. Okay? One took, they both took land, they both took property. One said, the first opinion was, they, they said, let's split the world. So, so uh, Cain says, okay, I'll take all the land, and you take all the property. Fine. So then Cain said, fine. I got, all the, I got all the land, get off my land. And Hubba said, I got all the property, give me your clothes. And then they started fighting and killed each other. Okay? The next one was, no, they split it down the line, even. So then what were they fighting about? Va'amaha yumidainim. Elaze Omer, this is so interesting. Bitchumi Beit Hamikdash Yibane. I get the Beit Hamikdash. Beze Omer, Bitchumi Beit Hamikdash Yibane. Sounds like the Arab Israeli conflict. No, it sounds like the Jewish conflict. Don't think about it in terms of the technical Beit Hamikdash, about where the actual thing will be. What? But the question is who, that's ah, exactly right, who gets to be the Fermi? I'm building the Beit HaMikdash. You're not building the Beit HaMikdash. I'm building the Beit HaMikdash. You don't represent Torah Judaism. I represent Torah Judaism. Your way is the proper way. My way is the proper way. You shouldn't skip Slichot. I will make sure we don't skip a single Slichot, even if I have to punch you in the face to do it. <laughs> it's funny, but said. Yeah, yeah. It's true. So what? It's Yeah. So we haven't come so far. What? We haven't come in. This is why the words of the power of the Torah, the Bidrash, is so powerful. Because it's so true. It's so, so true. And so they were just fighting the same way about Frumkai. Who's Frumer? You know what I'm saying? Your kashri is not good or better than mine. My kashri is better than yours. Your job is not better. My schools are better. Your way of living is not better. My, my way of living is not better. What's the best way to worship a Kaddish Baruch Hu? And in God's mind, what's the answer? To love each other. What? To love each, love each other. other and each one do it his own no. way. That's not what Hashem said. That's not what Hashem said. rule over your brother. Well, interesting. Well, it, it's interesting because if you imagine like... It doesn't say your brother. Because Cain was standing there being angry and humiliated, which we're told. And then it's kind of no. like... He felt humiliated. Yeah, that's what I mean. He felt Nobody humiliated him. No, okay. So he felt angry and humiliated. And yeah. then Hashem comes and kind of whispers and says... You know, if you're good, then you get to rule over him. And then he goes and sees his brother. But there's no satisfaction in that because Hevel doesn't hear it. I mean, no one else heard it. Like, it's no, like in terms of if he had taken maybe a few days before he saw his brother and sort of thought about it and, and maybe then... But in terms of the context of the thing, like he's going from one emotion to the other with no satisfaction. Hmm. Okay, I got to read... Somebody gives me a watch because she wants me to finish on time every week. Kindly, thank you. So, I, I, five minutes ago, I have to tell you the Nitzv. Nitzv says the following: He says, "Kain was a worker of the land, which means he wanted to work the land." Basic needs of the human being. That's what he believed. He believed a person should endeavor in basic needs, 
and not go into other things as well. Okay? He said, but what do I need to know what Hevel did? Hevel hayaro etzon. Okay? So he says, in Kayan he did avodato hachrechit velo yoter. A person should work the land for his basic needs. He doesn't need to do more. Okay? What about Hevel? One second. Mm-hmm. I just I want to try to skip and find. Okay? And Hevel was a roetzon, a shepherd. He would bring out wool and milk. Right? He wanted more. Hevel wanted more. He wanted pleasure. He wanted, he wanted the finer things in life. He wanted the nicer things. And Cain looked at Havel and said, what do you need that for? Right? The, a person is supposed to take care of basic needs in life. And by the way, he says, and... Cain was supposed to support Hevel. Right? Because Cain had bread. Hevel had, if, if without a Cain, without somebody growing wheat, right, what's Hevel going to do? What's he going to eat? So in a way, Hevel was basing his life on Cain. Right? And because he had the support of a Cain, he was able to go take it the next step, to move forward. Okay? And, and, um, and so Cain offered an offering to God. But for Hevel, it wasn't enough. Right, he wanted to have a gum who Hevel also offered a, uh, an offering to Hashem. And according to the way the Nitzit says, Kain's offering was accepted. Kain, well, was a, it was a good idea. It was a beautiful idea. It was a positive idea. Right? But Hevel offered from the, the best of what he wanted. He says, when it says, Vayash Hashem and Hevel, Kibel Tfilato, Vitzliach As Isko. How did he know that his, his mincha was, off, was accepted? Because he was successful. I Meaning, Kain, what happened to Kain? Kain offered an offering to God, and he still killed himself to like, you know, to, to make his basic needs. And he sees Havel offering an offering to God, and his sheep are going crazy. They're like, you know, proliferating like rabbits. And he's just successful. And, and Kain is wondering, how come I'm killing myself, and it's not working, and Havel is, isn't killing himself, and he is working. So, and so Hashem says, Im if you get better, then wonderful, meaning, because he needs you, you have to understand it that your brother needs you in order to survive. He needs your basic sustenance. He needs the things that you do. The kind that wasn't enough. So they were in the field. So Kain insisted that Hevel follow his ways. He insisted that Hevel stop raising sheep. And he insisted that he come out to the field and work the field with him. He says, uh, why we're in the field? Okay. And what were they doing in the field? Vayakam Kaim El Hevel Achiv. It doesn't say he grows up over him. He says, uh, on him, it says, El him. He was whipping him. Why was he whipping him? Like a master to a slave. Get into a shape. This is not how you do it. This is how you, you know what I'm saying? He was whipping him in order to get him to do things his way. You don't waste your time with those sheep. We need food for the winter. This is not what humanity is supposed to engage in. Humanity is supposed to engage in, we don't need sheep, we don't need milk, we don't need wool. Right? We'll survive with the things that we have. Flax is enough. What? Hashem did get involved there. Hashem agreed that the way of kind is necessary in order to justify the way of heaven. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Kind, you need a kind to support a heaven. Without kind, yeah. without the basic needs taken care of. 
without the sustenance of somebody working the field, you can't have a shepherd. Because if everybody wants to be the shepherd, what are you going to eat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Preferably New Zealand. Preferably from New Zealand. Okay. Um, so it's the message that we all have different roles. And yes. That goes back to I Joseph. think that's exactly what his message was. And his message, Hashem's message, the way, the way, and the Tzib explains it. I, I don't want to get into the to reading it. One second. Okay. One second. He says. Meaning, if you just take care of your basic needs, then what do you have for the rest of the time? What do you do with the rest of your time? You have dvekut v'ashem. You have time to dedicate to God. Because if all you do is take care of your basic needs, then you have more energies. But Hevel wasn't enough for him. He wanted to raise the sheep, then he wanted the milk, and he wanted the lamb, and he wanted the whatever. But all the shepherds in Tanakh always like the spiritual way. Going out to right. So, according to the Nitziv, the message was to, to Kayan, your way is correct, but that doesn't mean you have the right to negate his way. But you have to give him. Yeah. He has to find his way. And what Kayan tried to do was, now he didn't intentionally kill his brother, but he killed him by trying to make Hevel into a Kayan. And I think, no, we shouldn't try to change. No, he literally killed him. He literally killed him in the field by whipping him into shape. He made nothing of him. Yeah, he really literally killed him. That's what he says in the field. Oh, I'm not going there. <laughs> I'm not saying he's. Then Steve says he did not kill him intentionally, but he didn't take responsibility there. Doesn't sit so nice because Hevel seems to get it all. What do you mean get it all? He he gets his sustenance from kind. Yeah. He can go and be airy fairy in the field, right? Whatever he likes, <laughs> and and. You mean sometimes life seems unfair because some people seem to enjoy better things than other people when they feel like they're working the same way. It's an interpretation. It's fine. Really, I mean, it's an interpretation. But I think his message was trying to get across is that that most importantly, every person comes to Hakadosh Baruch in his own way. Might be sometimes I need to say slichot slower, and you need to say slichot faster. And it might be that I come through the through my chesed, and you come to Hashem through your learning, right? But our 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 inclination, our yitzharah, tells us. That most important is my is the way I compete with my brother, and not my relationship to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. I'm embarrassed. I'm upset. I'm angry that he has that I don't have that he was accepted that I wasn't accepted. Right? When in reality, Hakadosh Baruch Hu is more interested that you a support your brother, right, whether it's, you know financially or emotionally, and that you that you have a relationship that's achva a brotherly a brotherhood with each other. And the relationship that you need with HaKadosh Baruch You need to be a person who works the field. That's what you were made for. You need to be a person who, you know, needs the lamb. That's what you were made for. But, and you have no right to go impose your will on another person. In any way. And I think that, you know... It's not just your will, it's your value also. What we value, what we put as holding up esteem, 
may not be the way Hashem sees it either. Uh, we say at, at, at Yom Kippur, Asham Nu Bagadnu, right? That's Be'inaram Lamakom. Those are the first two. The next two, Gazalnu Dibarnu Dofi. You didn't steal from God, and you didn't speak Lashon Har about Him. And I think that that's a very, very powerful food for thought as we approach Yom Kippur. So we should all the Gemara Simatova. Should be a good year, a blessed year, a healthy year for everyone. A safe year for Klal Yisrael. It's uh, scary things in the world, and we need uh, divine uh, protection as much as we can get. And everyone should have an easy fast. Thank you. Thank you.